1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Right now, we got the man, the myth, the legend, Rob West. You're taking some time to join with us here this morning, Rob. So thank you so much for getting up uh, extra crazy early for mornings with Tom and Toby. I'm so glad to be here. I'm trying to figure out how I can get my kids to call me the man, the myth, the legend. I'm just not thinking it's happening, though. I think you have to pay him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, bigger allowance. <laughs> hey, that's what we've been kind of talking about this morning is just finances with the holiday season, Rob. And we had yeah. a little segment in the six o'clock hour. Where we were talking about how to survive the holidays when you're financially challenged, a.k.a. Mm. broke. Yes. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then just the pressure, you know, the pressure of getting a certain level of gifts, you know, and and maybe you can't do that. And maybe you can't even reciprocate the gifts that have been given to you. How can we manage this and what biblical advice do you have for this? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's so difficult, especially now with social media, where we're comparing ourselves to the best version of somebody else's life that may not even be reality. Uh, you know, the last thing we want to do is go into debt because we're trying to keep up with somebody else's or our perceived view of their expectations of us around gift giving. And, you know, here's the reality is the comparison trap is real and comparison is a contentment killer. Uh, so we've just got to be on our guard there. If we want to increase our contentment, we have to focus on what God has given us, not what he's given others. And I think that kind of general rule applies in this season where we stretch beyond our means to try to you know, overcome maybe some relational challenges or what we think somebody's expecting from us, or we just want to be seen as giving really nice gifts, and yet we can't afford it. So let's just take a step back. Let's trust God. Let's, let's be... Uh, realistic about what our budget really is, which means we have to have one. So don't go into this season without a plan, because the last thing I want you to do is come out on the other side of it, hit January, and now the credit card bills are rolling in and you know, you're paying 25% interest on money that you spent that you didn't really have. So I'm sure you shared some great ideas, Tavi, but it's a matter of just getting practical and creative. I mean, you can give a gift of your time. Mm. You can make, you know, your gifts and everybody loves some homemade baked goods. And yeah. I mean, just let's be thoughtful about how we can really show somebody that we care about them in a thoughtful and a meaningful way, but that doesn't always have to involve a lot of spending. It's amazing how simple it is yeah. of just going back to, hey, it's the thought that counts. 
And then we yeah. don't actually believe that. That's right. <laughs> we end up going off in the direction yeah. of like, no, it doesn't. And I, and I have to do this because they've done so much. Why Why shouldn't yeah. I? They're, they're worth that. I don't want them to think they're not worth that. And it's sneaky because all of a sudden people pleasing or maybe even yeah. envy or pride starts sneaking their way in. And it feels like, but I'm doing this for them. I'm doing this to love on them. It's, it's, we can be deceived so quickly here with something as innocent as Christmas gifts. That's exactly right. And I think part of it is just our lack of planning because we get so busy Mm. during this season. It takes a little extra time to make that gift or to be thoughtful about what I can do on a budget. It's a lot easier just to jump online and a couple of clicks later, something's on its way to our doorstep, but we ended up spending more money than we should have. So take the time, take a deep breath, step back. Do some planning. Think about those people that you care about in your life and how could you really bless them in a thoughtful way uh, and show them and express your love for them uh, and your gratitude for them, but to do it in a way that stays on budget. And I think that'll also help you keep Christ at the center of your Christmas, which really should be the real focus this season. Well, you are doing some good preaching and uh, stepping on some toes over here. It's the voice of Rob West <laughs> exactly. calling you out. Right. Yes. I love Is you, Is it though. you, Lord? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this conversation because every year I think we wrestle with it. I've seen some statistics that say, Rob, the average American spends about $500 on gifts. And I think a lot of people spend a whole lot more than that um, as well. So, uh, you know, just taking that pressure off and keeping Jesus the center is a way we can express our worship of him and doing actually take our little but that are cost effective to keep us on schedule for the new year because then in january you won't have that spending hangover that a lot of people experience yeah that's exactly right you know and i think the other big idea in this season is just to really consider the opportunity to be generous i mean Mm. beyond gift giving you know we were created in the image of the ultimate giver you know i think the attribute of god of generosity is probably most near to the surface of our life in terms of how we reflect his attributes. So when we're giving, we really are resembling the character and the nature of God. And we experience incredible joy because think about this, folks. I mean, our life, the Bible says, is just a vapor. It's going to be gone in an instant. When you look at the timeline from everlasting to everlasting, our 80, 90, 60 years, whatever it is, are just a blip on the radar. So how can we have meaning and purpose with our lives for eternity? Well, the only way we can do it, we're not here long enough to do it on our own. We want to connect into God's grand story. Well, one of the ways we can do that is by giving, because we can give to the the places and the people that are hurting and the, the ministries that are doing incredible work in the name of Jesus. And when we're a pipeline taking God's provision, a portion of it, and redirecting back into where God is at work, it allows us to be a part of his activity, which is a, a privilege that he gives us. So let's be intentional and thoughtful, not only in our gift giving, to those that we love, but also in our generosity. And so as you think about closing out this year, be mindful of maybe you could give a gift of appreciated stock. Who would have thought yesterday the Dow Jones would have hit an all-time high, and yet it did. So you might have some appreciated stock you could give and get a tax advantage, but also bless a ministry. Uh, Make sure you are also thoughtful of the fact that the last day of the year is on a Sunday, so you need to have all your checks and gifts uh, postmarked by Friday the 29th. We do have a question that's come in. And so, Rob, if you're ready to take questions, we can start there. All right. 
So our friend writes in and asks if you have any suggestions about visiting different charities that are asking for donations around this time of year, as that's normally the time where you get a lot of that. He's wondering how to see how the gifts are distributed within an organization, how you can kind of handle donating wisely. Mm, yeah, it's a great question. And I think this is important because as we're stewards of God's money, we need to be thoughtful about how we're allocating it, whether it's for our spending or our giving. Here's the reality, though. We probably do a little bit more due diligence on buying that next toaster than we do where we're making our gifts mm. when we're being generous. And so maybe we ought to spend some time just taking a look at that. Now, there's ministries that we're just heavily involved in or that are near to our heart or, of course, our local church. And we just give because you know, we give to the church. That should be our first giving right off the top. Uh, those other ministries that maybe we're intimately familiar with, great, make that gift. But beyond that, I would say do a couple of things. Number one is really be thoughtful about how your passions and where God is at work aligns with the ministries that are asking you for gifts here at the end of the year. And then perhaps do some due diligence, which could look like you getting on the phone with somebody from that ministry, although they're probably a little busy this time of year, but you know, talking to them about how this gift is going to be used. You could also do some, some great uh, research online. So there's an organization called Ministry Watch, uh, you know, there's a charity navigator. There's some great websites out there that would really uncover a lot of the information that you'd be looking for uh, on those ministries. Everything from, you know, what is their vision? How is the money going to be used? How much of the, what you're giving or every gift that comes in, what percentage goes to administrative costs versus the actual program and ministry work. So there are ways to do some due diligence, and I think it's a great idea to take a step back and say, hey, before I give, I'm going to be a little bit more thoughtful this year. Mm. Okay. Those are some great um, great resources. Ministry Watch, Charity, Navigators, Navigator. um, to yeah. be able to go in and, and kind of see where the money is being allocated. That's um, right. And in our town, we have something called Generosity Trust, too. You can even make a fund there and then you can disperse that a little bit later if you're not quite ready to give it, but you want to give it to a charity um, by yeah, the end of the year. Through a donor so. advised fund. I, yes. I'm a big fan of uh, Generosity Trust. Those are great folks. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Rob, another thing we're trying to do, especially when we get prepared in January, it's it's getting all those, uh, I don't know, receipts and getting ourselves organized for taxes. What's a, What's a good strategy we can do now? Yeah. Well, I would just say that key word that you said there is really the most important thing, and that is be organized. So whether that's a shoebox method, like <laughs> uh, my friend uh, and former host of this program or my program, Howard Dayton would say he would, you know, every year he just has a shoebox and he just collects all of his receipts that are important for tax purposes in that shoebox. And he's he's got his shoeboxes going back seven years and then he takes the last one empties it for the next year and just starts loading it up again. Uh, huh. Others want to take a more, you know, technical approach to it. Maybe <laughs> you're using a spreadsheet or you're collecting your receipts by scanning them in and, you know, saving them somewhere secure. But I think the key is just be ready. Um, also check with your CPA or tax preparer. If you use one, they could probably give you a tax organizer that you could start filling out early uh, where you could start collecting all the information. It'll also prompt you for things you might have forgotten about. You know, how much have you spent on your medical?
medical premiums and do you have an HSA and what about, you know, the fact that you work from home now? Do you have the ability to take a home office deduction if you have a space that is reserved just for your business? Um, you know, all of these things that wouldn't normally be top of mind that uh, a tax organizer could prompt you on. So just call your tax preparer and say, hey, do you have a tax organizer I could start working on in preparation for our visit later this year? Okay, you just freed me up because I would love to use a shoebox, though. <laughs> and if, if some people who know what they're doing are using shoeboxes, then I can, too. I there think you that go. would work like for it. me better than anything. Now you got to take the shoes out, Tommy. Oh, I got to take I the mean, shoes just, out. Yeah, it's just an empty shoebox. Okay. And don't use this as an excuse to buy <laughs> seven new shoes. pairs of right. shoes. I need more shoes. Rob said I need shoes. <laughs>